Hey everyone, welcome to the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. I'm your host, Meg Ricci, and this podcast series is about demystifying women's hormonal issues and struggles and the many things that dance in between. So I have a great announcement today. Some of you actually may be watching this on YouTube. That's right. I now, aside from being on iTunes and being on Spotify, you can catch my podcast starting today on YouTube. And you can check me out at Meg Ricci, and I will be listing a lot of podcasts and I'll be doing other videos so you can keep up to date with all the good information that I want to help you with to demystify your hormonal issues. And yeah, it's really kind of fun now to be able to talk and and know that I can have my listeners actually watching these podcasts. I myself love to watch podcasts. I think it's a Sicilian in me. I love to see that interaction between people. And I also love that we have that option that we can listen to a podcast during our day. So I want to thank all my lovely listeners for coming back. I think you're going to really enjoy today's podcast. And if you are new to the Hormone Lifestyle Zone, thank you so much for dropping by. And please subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast. And if you like what you hear, give a lovely review. Those reviews bring people to the Hormone Lifestyle Zone because, you know, my mission statement is really about helping women to, again, demystify their hormonal issues, helping women to move through their lives with more ease and grace to be the best version of who they can be each and every day. It gets me up in the morning. It gives me the purpose to do what I do here on the Hormone Lifestyle Zone and with my clients. I really, really love what I do. I have a East meets West approach. I'm a board-certified acupuncturist with nearly 30 years of experience in Chinese medicine. And, you know, Chinese medicine has always been about root cause resolution. So I combine that with my 25 years of clinical experience looking at health issues from a functional Western perspective on nutrition and women's hormones and gut health and lifestyle and body, mind, spirit. So that East meets West approach for me, I think, has really helped me guide women along in getting that deep root cause resolution that they need. And part of that root cause resolution is starting with the foundation of what our health is about. Chinese medicine, we call it the earth element. We address spleen chi, the spleen as so much, and stomach, the earth element, so much to do with digestion. And the foundation starts with how well you digest your food. So the title of today's podcast is Stomach Acid Making You Sick. Well, Let's think about that. And I think I'm really going to blow your mind with some of the things that I share with you that have so much to do with stomach acid. We are what we eat. We are what we digest. We are what we eliminate. We are what actually prior to that, we are what we assimilate. We need hydrochloric acid to do all of this. The epicenter of our health starts in our gut with digestion. And I believe that low stomach acid is front and center for so many health issues. And sweet lovelies, I don't think I can say this enough. If you don't have a healthy gut, 
your hormones will never, ever be in balance. So many times, I think one of the first things that I hear from people that call me to start working with me, I'll get it in the email or a phone conversation. My hormones are out of balance. And how I look at it is if your hormones appear to be out of balance, what are the things that are throwing them out of balance? And one of the first things I always look at is your digestion. And I look at a lot of other factors, but if you're not digesting your food and if you're not assimilating or absorbing certain nutrients, then your hormones are going to be out of balance. So what are some common symptoms? I'm going to share common symptoms and I'm going to share other symptoms that I see as being part of the picture for low stomach acid. Very common symptoms, gas and bloat and burping. And, you know, this is interesting. And I think many of you may feel this. You have a meal and then about 20 minutes later, you're like, oh my God, I feel exhausted. I need to take a nap. Maybe some of you are feeling heartburn. You wake up in the middle of the night and you've got that gnawing, burning sensation in your chest, or you're eating a meal and you're on the phone with someone and you're having a meeting that isn't going very well and you're feeling this burn in your chest. That's low stomach acid. GERD and H. pylori are symptoms of low stomach acid. And I'll go into what H. pylori does and how you can address it. And taking a proton pump inhibitor, maybe for a short period of time, but there are so many ways to address H. pylori that can trigger stomach ulcers. So I'm going to talk about that. Nausea after taking supplements is a sign of low stomach acid. Allergies are another sign. A histamine response can be a sign of low stomach acid. Other symptoms, brain fog, low energy, anemia. I'm going to go into why anemia. For many women, if you're taking a lot of iron supplements, or if you're even taking iron IVs and you're not seeing a change, you've got to look first at stomach acid. It plays a major part. Yes, you can look at parasites and other things, but you have to look at stomach acid. And I'll get very excited about this. So stomach acid has two primary functions. It is there for you to digest protein. And it's also your first line of defense against pathogens like bacteria and parasites and funky viruses and E. coli, and all these funny things that if you ingest it, that stomach acid, the first thing it's supposed to do, aside from digest your food, is kill off those microbes, kill off those pathogens before it can go any further along your digestive tract, before it can go any further into the small intestine and cause infections like SIBO and C. diff. A lot of things happen when you have low stomach acid. So if primary function is to digest protein, here's a theory that I have. I don't know, it hit me a few weeks ago, but I think there's some truth to it. Why is it important to digest protein? Protein is essential in survival. You could actually, if I had to make a choice, if somebody said to me, Meg, you can only eat vegetables or you can eat meat. You can eat bison. You can eat grass-fed beef. You can eat turkey, you can have chicken, you can have eggs. You have to make a choice. And guess what the choice would be? I would eat meat because I could eat from 
snout to tail and get every single vitamin I need, including B12. And you cannot get all these nutrients on a plant-based diet. So you need stomach acid, strong stomach acid, a pH between 1.5 and 2.5 to digest or two to break down that protein. It's really important. And again, to kill any funky things that you may be ingesting in your food. And what happens when you eat protein? And by the way, I do eat plants. I eat a lot of fruit and vegetables. I eat a lot of veggies, actually. I eat a lot of veggies, a lot of healthy fat. And I eat a good amount of balanced protein. Protein, I feel, is essential to our health. And many of you know that. So protein is the building blocks of your hormones. It's those branch chain amino acids that help us produce neurotransmitters, our hormones from estrogen to progesterone to, my God, everything, testosterone, cortisol, everything. You need, you need, you need amino acids. You need branch chain amino acids. You need them for your neurotransmitters, for serotonin, so you can have an even calm, soothing headset. Headset. I'm wearing a headset. Mind. Mindset. It helps build lean mass. It helps reduce muscle loss. It keeps your bones strong. Everybody talks about calcium. It's not calcium. You need protein to have strong bone integrity amongst other things. And calcium is not the top one on the list, but you need hydrochloric acid to help you break it down. You also need it to produce enzymes. You know, when your hair is thin and brittle, you've got to take a look at what's going on that integrity and the quality of your hair is compromised. And I could talk about thyroid and different things, but right now just focusing on your digestion. Feeling satiated after a meal, protein does that. It helps to stabilize our blood sugar. It helps in so that you're not anemic. You want to have really rich, wonderful blood. You need that from branch chain amino acids. You need that with your hydrochloric acid. There's a beautiful dance. So hydrochloric acid helps us absorb minerals like iron and calcium and zinc and selenium for our thyroid and magnesium and vitamins like K and your B vitamins like B12, B6, folate. All these things are crucial with hydrochloric acid. So here's something very interesting. And I really, again, I respect people for where they are and the choices that they make and the foods that they eat. But vegetarians have very little animal protein and vegans, they have none in their diet. They don't have any animal protein. So therefore, the body slows down the production of hydrochloric acid. And this decrease in stomach acid is one of the reasons why vegetarians, uh, vegetarian diet can be very taxing on digestion. It's very hard to break down carbs. And When your body is not making that demand for HCL, digestion can become compromised. And I actually see when I'm working with a lot of women that come to see me that I've had a lot struggling with their hormones and have been on a vegan or predominantly plant-based diet for years, and they have a lot of gas and bloat. Once I start introducing hydrochloric acid into their diet, suddenly those symptoms start to change. Suddenly what happens is that they stop going from being anemic 
to actually having healthier levels of iron and ferritin. Again, it's not just about supplementing people with iron. You have to take a look at how they're absorbing B12 and, and iron. And we have to take a look at how hydrochloric acid plays such a role in that in breaking down protein. So let me give you a typical example of what happens when you have a meal. So let's say you have, I did last night, I had some grass-fed steak, broccoli, and I had some sweet potato with ghee. So what ideally we all do, and many of us don't, is that we chew our food properly. I can actually tell when I do gut zoomers if I can see meat protein or vegetable protein present or at higher levels, sometimes it means that you are not chewing your food. So let's take a little more time chewing our food, making it easier for digestion. So we have this wonderful meal. And, and if you have an ideal amount of stomach acid, what happens is you chew your, your meal of steak and broccoli and sweet potato. And then what happens, your stomach starts producing hydrochloric acid. And then there's an upper sphincter called the low esophageal sphincter. And what it does, think of it like the lid on a washer. You want to keep that lid closed once you start doing the wash. Otherwise, the suds in the water are all going to spew up. Well, that's the same thing with hydrochloric acid. So what happens, you eat a meal, that sphincter closes really, really tight so you can digest your food, so you can absorb your magnesium and your zinc and all your branched-chain amino acids and everything is breaking down in your beautiful stomach. So then what happens is then the lower sphincter of the stomach called the pyloric sphincter, what it does, it opens up and it allows, it empties your stomach of food and into the small intestine where it's further broken down. And then those nutrients are sent out into the bloodstream. Here's another version. That's the healthy version of eating with optimal hydrochloric acid. And after your meal, you don't have gas or bloat. You don't feel fatigued. You actually feel really wonderful. That's what we want. Here's the other version with low stomach acid. You would eat that meal and then what would happen for many people is they just feel like maybe the food is sitting on their stomach or because you're chewing your food, your body's producing stomach acid. But sometimes what happens if you don't produce enough stomach acid, that LES, that lower esophageal sphincter, what it does, it stays open and then you get stomach acid that potentially could be spewing up. And when that happens it can actually start eroding the esophagus. Your stomach has this amazing mucosal lining. So you have your stomach, then you have this mucosal lining, and inside that mucosal lining of the stomach, you're producing this stomach acid. That mucosal lining is a barrier. So if that barrier is broken, and I'll go into this a little further, with H. pylori, then you're going to get an ulcer. Well, the thing about your sweet little esophagus, it has a pH of about seven. It's really alkaline. And it doesn't have a mucosal lining. It doesn't have a mucosal covering or coating. So what happens is that you're eating this food and this stomach acid is shooting up and it's starting to potentially, for some people, not everyone, will start eroding away at the esophagus. Sometimes we get a little burn. There are ways of addressing it. But when it gets heightened and you're having GERD, you can actually have 
tremendous inflammation of the stomach and inflammation of the esophagus. Also, what happens if you don't produce enough stomach acid, well, this food is just going to sit on your stomach. And this can cause a lot of gas and a lot of bloat. And food is just stagnating there. And it's just not emptying properly. So again, I want to make sure that you're digesting your food. So here's some of the things that I also see with low stomach acid. I said I see anemia, and I want to go into that here. Anemia, why do I point out anemia? I see so many women with anemia, and they're not having heavy menstrual bleeding, and they're not bleeding anywhere else in the body. You always want to make sure that's not going on if somebody has low iron and low ferritin levels. But what I do see with a lot of low iron or low you know, women taking all these supplements and their doctors are like, oh, you need to be on, um, we need to give you iron. Your levels are low. Well, if your levels are not changing, you've got to look at digestion. And with a lot of women, I've got to look at stomach acid. Stomach acid is very important because it releases iron and B12 from protein. And those two work synergistically together. You need B12 and you need to absorb iron. And iron carries oxygen in the blood. So a lot of times when you're feeling really tired, you have to look at low iron. But they work together. So with a lot of women that I work with, and I see a lot of times with low stomach acid, I see constipation. And you can have the two in tandem. You've got constipation going on and you've got anemia. And both of these things need to be addressed. So again, optimal digestion is so crucial for women. So some other symptoms that I see with low stomach acid, brittle nails, restless leg syndrome, cognitive issues, muscle cramping, thinning hair, rosacea. Rosacea is a really big one that I see. Chronic bad breath. Halitosis, you can brush your teeth all day, but it's letting me know if you're having bad breath, you're not digesting your food. Another thing that I consider is when people say to me, oh, I don't want breakfast in the morning. I have no appetite. I have to take a look at, mm, did you not digest your dinner from the night before? That's a possibility too. So when people are having difficulty with sleep, and I always recommend to, to at the very least have three hours between bedtime and your dinner. So it just doesn't sit on your stomach. And that can be a really big issue. Let's talk about H. pylori. Let's talk about traditional conventional treatment for GERD. So I get a lot of women that, that come in to see me and they have acid reflux. Uh, they were put on a PPI, proton pump inhibitor. What does a proton pump inhibitor do? It halts production of stomach acid. Whew. So what did I just say a moment ago about stomach acid? You need stomach acid to absorb your vitamins, your nutrients, your branch chain amino acids, your minerals. You need all of that to have optimal health. What happens when you put somebody on a PPI? And the course of treatment for PPI, proton pump inhibitor, that is, you know, things that you've probably heard of like Nexium, Prilosec, Prevacid, Protonics, two to four weeks. It was only intended for two to four weeks 
I have clients that have been on them for 10 years and they're having a lot of health issues. So stomach, what is H. pylori? H. pylori is a parasite that they refer to it as bacteria when it's a parasite. 50% of the world population has H. pylori. Some people are asymptomatic. I think many of us are born with H. pylori. So some people, they don't have any problems. Other people, it can cause issues. And H. pylori is grows in an environment with low stomach acid. So how do we address H. pylori? If somebody has H. pylori and they're having severe acid reflux and they're having terrible burning, I would never give them hydrochloric acid. What I would do is give them things to heal and eradicate H. pylori. And what I look at when I'm addressing H. pylori, and I'm kind of jumping the gun, but I'm going to tell you what happens in the gut with H. pylori. Let me tell you what happens with H. pylori. So why is this little critter such a bitch when it becomes excessive in the stomach? What it does, it can cause an ulcer. But here's the thing. Less than 10% of people that are diagnosed with H. pylori have stomach ulcers or inflammation or tropic gastritis. So what, what takes place is that this parasite eats through the mucosal lining, breaks through the mucosal lining, and attacks the stomach, and that's where you get the ulcer. So it's not that the body is producing too much acid. It's that mucosal lining between the stomach and the stomach acid is being eroded by H. pylori. So what do we want to do? We want to get rid of H. pylori. And we want to help heal the gut. What are things that help heal the gut? If you're having tremendous inflammation, I'm going to be honest with you. If you did a, a PPI for a couple of weeks to get out of crisis, sometimes it helps people. And But what I want to do, if I'm having somebody with a chronic condition, I know some people are in shock. How could you say that? Well, when you feel like your throat is on fire and everything burns, Anything that's going to immediately put that fire out and that's going to help you, you do what you need to do. So sometimes if somebody comes in and they're on that for a couple of weeks, that's fine. But guess what else I give them? I give them zinc. I give them specifically zinc carnosine. Zinc carnosine helps to heal the lining of the gut with H. pylori. I recommend L-glutamine. L-glutamine with deglycerized licorice and aloe vera. It's very soothing. It's very healing to the whole GI tract from the esophagus all the way down to the stomach throughout the GI tract, even the colon. I use it in ulcerative colitis and microscopic colitis. It's amazing in Crohn's. It really helps to heal and seal. What's really cool also that helps eradicate H. pylori is sulforaphane and mastic gum and berberine. And I do not give hydrochloric acid right away. I want to stop the fire. What is conventional treatment for H. pylori? Well, a proton pump inhibitor and antibiotics. And the last thing you want to do when somebody has H. pylori is just totally decimate their microbiome because that's what's going to happen. And it's really, really harsh. I've had people do an H. pylori protocol and they felt awful. And it came back. I want to be able to eradicate 
H. pylori. I've done it with so many people. And I will say at this point, sometimes I do stool testing and I'll see that they have it, but I pay attention to symptoms. And H. pylori to eradicate, there's a really great protocol for that. And I put people on that for a few months and it really makes a difference. But I'm going to recommend if you have H. pylori, if you are having severe gastritis and heartburn, please work with a functional health practitioner like myself, or you can work with me. You don't want to do this on your own. You want somebody who really knows what they're doing because there are a lot of moving pieces when you have H. pylori. So, but you can get rid of it. So, but here's the issue. I have people that have been on proton pump inhibitors for 10 years and they're like, I want to get off. Getting off a PPI, cold turkey, you will have a rebound and have the worst heartburn ever. You have to taper off and titrate down. And again, I would work with a health practitioner to help you do that. I do that with quite a few of my clients and has made an incredible, incredible difference. You know, I work a lot with women with PCOS, and I have to tell you, I see a lot of, I would say 99% of women with PCOS, and actually a lot of the women that come to see me have gut issues, but I see a lot of low stomach acid, and I see a history of proton pump inhibitors and Tums, and with that, I also see constipation and a lot of GERD. So I always have to figure out how to address that. What other fun things can I tell you? So what are the things that cause people to have low stomach acid? Well, stress. Let me say that again. Stress. Stress is, where does stress hit us? Stress hits us in the stomach. When we eat food, when we have a meal, Our sweet body wants to be in a parasympathetic response. It does not want to be in a fight or flight response. That's a sympathetic response where your body thinks it's running from a tiger. So if you, and I've done this, are on a deadline and you're working at your desk and you're trying to get everything done. Oh, I've done this and I'm guilty of it. And I did it a few weeks ago. I had the worst indigestion. Because when you have a meal, your body wants to be in a parasympathetic place. And what does that mean? The body can produce stomach acid. And then the little LES valve, as I call it, shuts the lid on the washer, shuts, and you get to digest your food. When you're under stress, you're not digesting your food properly. You're not producing proper amounts of hydrochloric acid, which signals pancreatic enzymes and bile. And then what do you get? You get a stomach ache. You get gas, you're burping, I burp. So, and that is just my body's way of saying, you are doing too much and you should never sit at your desk. And I say this to everyone here, please don't sit at your desk and eat your meal. Go in the kitchen, go sit on the back porch, go on your balcony, go sit out on a park bench, go enjoy your lunch. Because again, we have to find ways to buffer stress. Another thing that I see and I've seen over the years, and this is the one time I wish I could do acupuncture with my clients. I wish I could do virtual needles. When I see a lot of indigestion, when I see actually a lot of GERD and a lot of burping and acid reflux, the diaphragm is jammed. So I see diaphragmatic constriction. 
and restriction. And what I would do as an acupuncturist, I would release the diaphragm. So what I say to people that, that I'm working with, I'm like, get some really good acupuncture to open up the diaphragm, do breathing exercises can be super, super helpful. Another thing, after you have a meal, don't go back and sit at your desk, go for a 15 minute walk. It's going to help you digest your food. I don't care what's going on in the office. I don't care what's going on at work. You need to digest your food. You need to produce a good amount of HCL because the better you digest your food, the better your immune system is going to be, the healthier your microbiome is going to be. We need that. Another point I want to bring up that I forgot to mention, I love fermented foods. So kimchi and sauerkraut and pickles, fermented foods are great for your stomach. They help you digest your food better. They really make a difference. And another cause for low stomach acid, believe it or not, I feel when people have a lot of, they're not getting enough sleep, it really impacts their stomach and digestion. I've seen so many people, their digestion gets better when they get enough sleep and downtime. If you take antacids, I'm going to ask you to throw them away. They are like PPIs. When you have heartburn, one of the best things you can do, you can either take bitters, Swedish bitters. You can take a spoon of that. Some people do apple cider vinegar and water. I'm going to be really honest with you. I'd rather do Swedish bitters, a teaspoon of that, or I love introducing hydrochloric acid hydrochloric acid with pepsin. Now, I will preface this. If you have an ulcer, if you have gastritis, do not take hydrochloric acid. Please do not. You have to heal this, the lining of the stomach and the esophagus. That's the last thing you want to do. If you're not having that, a true indication of low stomach acid is some heartburn, food sitting in your stomach. So how do you do this? The next meal that you have, and don't do it with a shake, a shake to me is not a meal, but if you're sitting down with a meal that has protein, take one HCL with pepsin. It's going to be about 650 milligrams and have a bite of food, take an HCL. And you might go, oh, I don't really feel that much, but okay. Second meal, take two HCL, have a bite of food, take the HCL. And then you go, hmm this might be helping. Then I want you to up it the next meal to three HCL. And you might go, Ooh, I'm feeling a little burn in my chest. You know what that means? You back down to two. Two is the sweet spot for you. What I'm trying to do is help you to produce hydrochloric acid. So eventually you can get off HCL. Now I have some people that they are up to five and six. Yes, they are up to five. And I will keep them there for a while. And then what will happen? We'll titrate down until they hit that sweet spot. And sometimes I, you know, I've got to keep people on hydrochloric acid for a few months. It doesn't always happen in a couple of weeks. They hit that sweet spot on their own and they're producing hydrochloric acid. Another thing that contributes to low stomach acid is, well, I'm going to be stating the obvious here, smoking, alcohol, oof, alcohol. Got to tell you, girls, oof, I'm going to do a segment on alcohol. 
Alcohol, aside from interfering with you detoxing estrogen, really disrupts your digestion. So I'm not telling you to cut it out completely, but be mindful, like one glass of wine, not two, three, or four. Just, But if you're having issues with heartburn and stuff, please don't drink. That's like gasoline on the fire. So just want to plant a seed. I'm always planting seeds. I don't want to tell people what to do. Just want to provide information. A diet that's high in refined carbs and processed foods will give you heartburn and indigestion. So what helps us to heal the stomach and to produce really good digestive enzymes? Hydrochloric acid and pancreatic enzymes and bile, real food. Fruits and vegetables, cruciferous vegetables, amazing stuff. As I said to you, sephoraphane. Where does sephoraphane come from? It comes from broccoli sprouts. So you have this incredible opportunity to eat things that are going to help heal your stomach. Fermented vegetables, amazing. If you're having really, really bad heartburn, cabbage juice. I would tell you to get some sauerkraut. Take spoons, start drinking some of that juice in your sauerkraut. It's really going to help heal your stomach. It's amazing. We are designed to thrive. We are truly designed to thrive. But it's very hard to thrive in the type of environment that we are in. So the things that we can do, eat whole foods. Protein is really going to help you. Sit down and make sure you chew your food. Foods that, you know, again, I want to go back to the anemia. But eating foods that proteins like salmon and and mackerel and sardines, these are wonderful fish that are high in B12. And eating grass-fed beef and eating chicken and bison, all these things are wonderful coupled with each meal. Have a few cups of greens. Greens are fantastic. Balance your diet. Stay away from the sugar and refined carbs. Again, if your stomach is really funky, you want to avoid alcohol. But some other things that I see with low stomach acid, SIBO, parasites, see a lot of parasites. So a lot of people have said to me, well, parasitic activity, anemia is associated with parasites. That can be true. But we've got to look at the fact these people probably also have low stomach acid. So I always hit everything from every angle. Everyone that I work with, if you are having fatigue, if you are having skin rashes, if you're having issues with depression and anxiety, I want to make sure you're digesting your food. A lot of times people will say to me, I'm so tired. Can't you give me some adrenal formula? It's something to pet me up. And I'm all for adrenal support. But usually in the first session, I'm going to make sure you're digesting your food. I'm going to recommend supplements that are going to support digestion. Yes, I am for B vitamins, and I'm, I'm really actually for a good multi that has minerals in it. I'm into supporting the liver and nourishing the liver and nourishing the bowels and nourishing your microbiome. But I want to make sure that and helping you detox. But the first thing I have to make sure that your digestion is working really well. So if you went to Joey the mechanic, what would Joey do? Let's see, what would we compare the stomach to with Joey the mechanic? Joey the mechanic wants to make sure that 
your gas tank is not leaking. And Joey wants to make sure that the oil is being changed frequently. I don't know how frequent we check oil. I'm so bad with cars. But the point is taking a PPI because you have indigestion, because you are having heartburn is not the way to go. You are not producing excess stomach acid. The truth is you are not producing enough stomach acid. And as we get older, and as, but I see this in women in their 20s and 30s, but as we get older and 50 and above, we're producing less stomach acid. And that can be an issue because you're not absorbing B12, you're not absorbing iron, you're not absorbing calcium. All these things are so important because we want to keep ourselves as sharp as we can. We want to have the most amazing memories. I want to do everything I can to reduce your risk for dementia. And guess what? One of the risks for dementia is, and one of the risks with a PPI, dementia, bone fractures, anemia, H. pylori, hello, SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, C. diff. You're not meant to be on a PPI for the rest of your life. I don't know why doctors do it. If they read their journals, they would see that they're only meant for two to four weeks. And if we're keeping people on PPIs, these proton pump inhibitors, then we need to take a closer look that I feel is a crisis. They say over 60 million people in the United States have gut issues. Nah, I would say at least 150 million. It's so many people have gut issues. Every single person that comes in to see me has something going on with the gut. So if we want to balance the hormones, if we want to have a strong immune system, if we want to have the most amazing cognitive function, if we want to produce the most extraordinary neurotransmitters, if we want to have healthy babies, lower our risk for cancer, we have to look at the gut and look at how well we are digesting our food. This is where everything starts. So my sweet lovelies, if this intrigues you, if you would like to take a deeper dive, reach out to me. Maybe we can work together. I would love to help you. This is one of my, this is my jam. I love helping women with gut issues. And I'm hoping in the near future to be doing a program that is called the Gut Hormone Reset. I think it's essential. And yeah, uh, you know, it's just, again, sitting back. I just did a podcast a few days ago in PCOS. I did another podcast on cognitive issues and memory and brain fog. And I'll have that up on my website. And I'm going to be doing another one in a few days on fertility. Everything, everything starts with the gut. We look at environmental factors, so many things. But you have to look at the earth element. That's a foundation in Chinese medicine, and I think that is the foundation with functional medicine. We've got to make sure your digestion is working well. So my sweet lovelies, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I've got to get used to looking at the camera a certain way, so I'm looking down and I got to figure it all out. But I want to thank you for being here, and you are sweet 
and powerful and strong, and I want to do everything I can for you to go out in the world and rock it in the way that you want to, to give birth to the things that you want in your life. And I want you to have the happiest tummy in the world. So to all my sweet lovelies, until I see you again, much love, much grace, big hugs, and thank you so much for joining me today on the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. I'll see you soon.